Listen, what if I had a tool that would take your business to the next level, your relationships to the next level, and even the people that you lead to the next level? Yes, I do have a tool like that. See, what we don't realize is that we speak and we communicate from a one-sided way. It might be because of how we grow up. I used to lead through my trauma. But what we need to realize is that every single person we interact with communicates differently and we have to be able to customize how we communicate with each and every one that we interact with to get the best product on the other side what if this is something that's going to benefit your relationships your marriage how you lead what if it's going to take your business to the next level because you're going to get the language that you need to get clients and maintain an effective driving team well, let me get you those answers. Make sure you email me at info at AishaThomas.org. Again, that's info, I-N-F-O at Aisha Thomas, A-I-S-H-A-T-H-O-M-A-S.org. And let me get you the tools that you need that's going to take your life, your business, your relationships to the next level. Hit me up and tap into your genius zone. Welcome to 2020. And Internal Fire introduces you to Fireproof. And in these next few weeks, we're going to talk about some heavy stuff. So listener discretion is advised. In these next few weeks, we're going to be talking about some infamous people. People that might no longer be living and some people who are. And what we'll be doing is identifying the child behind the abuser. The child behind the predator. The child behind the school shooter. And by no means should these people not be held responsible for their actions. But we will identify some key things that I want you to realize the importance of getting your mental health help, especially for our young people. Because what if these people had gotten the help that they needed when they were children? Would they have still become the predators, the abusers, the school shooters, the serial killers that they did become. Welcome to 2020, and let's focus on how we can start to save our young people and save our own mental health. Our youth of today are struggling with mental health issues, with confidence issues, and suicide has now become the second leading cause of death of young people. That's why I had to write my book, Trendsetter, Seven Steps to Radically Stand Out to Be the Best You, to equip them with the tools that I use to become radically confident. See, in ninth grade, I attempted suicide. I didn't believe in myself, and I felt like my life no longer mattered because I lacked in self-confidence. So now I have given young people the tools that they need to become radically confident, and I need you to grab a copy so you can give it to your children, your students, your mentees, or just give it to someone who you think will need it in case they ever run into a moment where they start to not believe in themselves. Go grab your copy at Amazon.com or go to becomingatrendsetter.com. Again, that is becomingatrendsetter.com. Angela Simpson is said to be one of the most heartless and depraved criminals the Maricopa County, Arizona Police Department has come across in recent memory. She committed unbelievably heinous crimes against a man who she concedes did nothing to her. 
She lured Terry Neely into her home on August 5th, 2009 and admitted to torturing and killing him. Terry was disabled, confined to a wheelchair, and was only 46 years old. What makes Angela Simpson particularly vicious is that not only did she kill him, she brutalized Terry Neely over a period of three days, which must have been unspeakably painful for him physically, mentally, and emotionally. Angela Simpson. If you were to search her name, there are a lot of descriptions that would have you concerned about who this woman is. Things like sadistic, killer, psychopath, no remorse. Those are the type of descriptions that you will read and find about this woman. And although, yeah, she did some horrible things, a crime she committed, oh my goodness, it was so painful to read and even listen to her interview about. But the reality is, just like the other examples, if you dial back the life of Angela Simpson, you will find childhood trauma, mental illness, and a lot of hints that the experiences that she had as a young girl were reasons why she ended up committing this heinous crime that has now led her to serve in a lifetime sentence and has led her to be coined one of the most infamous female killers. Angela, I've seen previous interviews and I've with the police and uh, one of our colleagues talked to you once upon a time. Uh, you're very upfront. Pretty much. About talking about this killing. Right. You, you murdered this man. Yes. You tortured him. Of course. There is no ambiguity and there is nothing you want us... In court today you said uh, you're not here to pretend to be remorseful. Of course not. Why would I do that? Are you remorseful? Not at all. Why? Why would I be? Well, I, why, why did this man deserve to die? You, you, you claimed he was a snitch. Well, what proof do you have of that? He told me he was a snitch. He told you. On many occasions. But that really doesn't matter. Why did you guys want to kill me? Phoenix wanted to kill me. What's the difference? Everybody has a reason to kill. So one of the things that I first noticed in this interview is, man, Angela seems like she lacks any type of empathy. You would think that after somebody commits a crime, they think about it, especially that she's a woman. I mean, we think women as these emotional beings. Why doesn't she seem to have any care? She talks about it like it means nothing. She talks about the person like they mean nothing. And if you listen to the entire interview, it is pretty surprising. But there could be a multitude of reasons why that she might like empathy. And of course, they never took time to really study or find out what, find out what exactly, you know, the deeper reasons to why she did what she did, but there's some data and some studies that were happen that have happened for us to get an understanding of what empathy looks like. So as we know, men tend to score lower on the empathy scale and it's really directly connected to testosterone. Testosterone pretty much shapes what they call the empathy circuits that's developed in the brain. So if a child is exposed to more testosterone and it's generated in the womb, postnatally after that child is born, they could potentially lack those high levels or higher levels of empathy circuits. I mean, again, if you hear her interview and what happened and how she tortured that gentleman, it's so like it, it is really alarming you will think at some point like you will be hurt he was handicapped what is up but again that could explain why she did what she did
Another reason could be tied to environment. There was a British psychiatrist that said that a lot of it is tied to attachment theory. It's one of the points and the lifelong impact that can affect how that child sees empathy because it's tied to neglect and abuse. He says, we think children are very robust. They'll somehow adapt, but they have showed that children who have had what he called insecure attachment, a lack of opportunity to form a strong bond with the caregiver are more at risk of delinquency and they're more at risk for a range of personality disorders, which I translate into a lack of empathy because of the many personality disorders like a psychopath. And again, those were some of the names that they connected to her. And we know she dealt with mental illness that she was on medication for, but early attachment actually is one of the biggest risk factors to a low level of empathy. So listening to the history of Angela Simpson and what she dealt with as a young girl, a lot of it could be connected to the lack of attachment. Some of the things she experienced, the neglect, the abuse, and even the mental illness, which might've affected the brain development, or even it could have been a combination of all three, but it is not normal for someone to lack empathy. But in this case, you clearly hear that is something that she lacked. And the realities are there are some people who develop and they have these attachment issues as children. And now when they're showing up into the world as adults, when they haven't got the proper help that they needed, it could mean that if they do something like this to this magnitude, that they don't have any care in the world about it. And they lack that level of empathy that you would think you will see from someone who has done something like Angela did. How do you feel about spending the rest of your life in prison? You know, I got a lot of family in prison and uh, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I got many sisters in prison. I can't wait to see them. It's really not that much of a punishment to be sentenced to spend my life with my family. And you, you don't want to talk about your, your past, but your lawyer said that, you know what, they, in, in sentencing you, the judge should bear in mind that you've had a really, had a really right. tough life. I started being hospitalized at 10 years old. I have a mental history from 10 years old until yeah. present, so, yeah. When you say mental history, I mean... Do you care that anyone feels sorry for you? Do you want anybody? Feel sorry for me. Yeah. Do you, should should the people who are watching this say because she had a bad childhood? Of course not. Because she had as mental illness. Of course not. No. That we should feel some sympathy for no. you. No. You would not have that. I want no sympathy. No. So what you just heard Angela describe is the fact that she grew up around a family and a dynamic where it was the norm that people went to prison, went to jail, and also because of her mental illness, it's something she's been battling since she was 10 years old, which probably has a lot to do with the issues that she's dealing with. Now, I wanna introduce you all to adverse childhood experiences. This is something that was introduced to me last year, and I think it's really profound. And a lot of organizations and schools should really implement some of the tools that's connected to what adverse childhood experiences and the tests and the resources provide. Now, adverse childhood experiences, or what they call ACEs, are potentially traumatic events that occur in childhood between zero to 17 years. So it includes experiences with violence or abuse, witnessing violence in the home, having a family member attempt suicide, substance misuse, mental health problems, and even if you have family members that are in in and out of prison. 
and it's actually linked to chronic health problems, mental illness, and substance misuse, substance misuse in adulthood. It says ACEs can also negatively impact education and job opportunities. So one of the things about this resource is that they have actually created a test. So this is a test where you go and you take it and it basically asks you questions. Have you ever been exposed to a family member who abuses drugs? alcohol? Have you ever witnessed a parent get abused, your mom get abused? Um, have you experienced, you know, trauma or abuse in your lifestyle or as a child? It asks all those questions. And what comes on the other side is a, is a score. And this score allows, say that this is a mental health therapist or a school that provides a school counselor and they have someone that pretty much um, gauges this information. What this does is allows them to see, okay, this person is possibly on the higher level. And that means that we probably need to work on certain tools and certain practices, or we need to provide this child certain resources because they have experienced this. We want to prevent them from experience, experiencing this. So as you can see, Angela was experienced mental illness and she was 10 years old could have been prevented sooner if she would have taken this test sooner. And a lot of people in educational institutions, a lot of people in the mental health field like to use this because again, it gauges that if a child has a higher score, they might be likely to commit a crime. They might be likely to have mental illness. They might be likely to being re-victimized. And now they can provide resources to that child that's going to help them through that process. And some children are in greater risk than others. You know, it says women in several racial and ethnic minority groups were at a greater risk for having experienced four or more types of ACEs. And again, ACEs are, they vary. They're also costly. The economic and social costs to families, communities, and society totals hundreds of billions of dollars each year. So all these adverse childhood experiences can lead to one thing to another thing. And all of that is connected to a dollar amount. So it even says, you know, preventing ACEs could potentially reduce a large number of health condition. And the example they gave them, gave us is up to 1.9 million cases of heart disease and 21 million cases of depression could have been potentially avoided by preventing ACEs. So it's important that tools and things like this are incorporated in our educational systems, that if a therapist and they have these tools that we allow our young people to get that. And of course, you know, if you have someone that's at a school, they have to make the parent aware and the parent has to oblige to it. A lot of these agencies and schools can't just start giving these children ACEs and these type of um, scores because they have to get approval. But I just want to keep pushing parents, educators, people out there. That's why a lot of these tools are so important because I always end it with what if. What if Angela had gotten the tools and the help that she needed early on? Yeah, she might have ended, ended up developing mental illness later on in life. But what if she got the good quality help that she needed that could have prevented that gentleman from losing his life? He had children. He had so many other things that I'm pretty sure that his children and them wanted to do. But unfortunately, he ran into someone that was battling a serious mental illness, someone that was lacking empathy, somebody that was dealing with a lot of things. And unfortunately, he lost his life. So remember, what if? 
if you are a parent out here listening and hey, there's an opportunity for your child to go to the counselor. There's an opportunity for them to sit down and take one of these ACEs tests. What if they have an opportunity to get the support that they need? Allow them to do it because you don't want it to spiral out of control because yes, again, it might not end up in the same situation as what happened with Angela, but it could be something else that they do that can harm someone or harm themselves. Again, it talked about heart disease and how it doesn't always necessarily have to impact the person, another person, but it could impact the person that experienced it. So now they might have health conditions. They might struggle with job opportunities and additional things because of these experiences that they had. So again, when you have these opportunities to support young people, when you have these opportunities to give them the help that they need, be open to it and make sure it's something that you inherit it within the customs and what you have created within your household that we will get our mental health support. We will connect to therapy, our counselors that are out there. We will do our part to make sure that our children, our students, and those that we love and support don't grow up and they, they develop some further issues because you didn't take time to set up time to get them help or you didn't take time to set up and get help for yourself. Are you ready to take yourself to the next level, your family to the next level, your business to the next level? Make sure that you're not just listening to me, but you're listening to the entire Speak Fire team. What's up, guys? I'm Aisha Thomas, the host of Internal Fire, and I want to introduce you to the other people that are a part of this Speak Fire squad. Make sure you head over to Leadership Fire and check out Michael G's podcast, Student Fire is hosted by Bobby B., Champions Fire, hosted by Cornelius D., Father's Fire by Jody S., and Young Fire by Sean B. Make sure you like and subscribe to each and every one of those podcasts. And trust me, it'll help you get to the next level. Go check them out now. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. I really appreciate all of your support. Make sure you follow me on all social media platforms on at Miss Aisha Speaks. That's M-S-A-I-S-H-A-S-P-E-A-K-S. And don't forget to check out my website, AishaThomas.org. And make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast. And while you're there, make sure you leave a dope comment.